Becky Marie Beyer here, welcoming you to Season 3. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Listeners, have you heard my most recent interview with J.M. Fortier? Did you know that he started an awesome new venture called Growers and Company, where they have a magazine that's printed that comes out twice a year that highlights the amazing farmers that he's taught personally. So you're going to learn from people who are practice, putting his practices into place on their farms. If you want to be a better farmer, you definitely want to subscribe to this magazine. That's going to be like a coffee table item on your shelf. And then the other thing, part of Growers and Company is there, he's created tools that he uses on his farm that he's like studied. You know, he got to travel all around the world when he wrote his book, The Market Gardener. If you don't have that, you absolutely have to get a copy of it. But he's, he's, he got to go travel to all these farms and then he would look at tools that they had in the hardware stores or using in these other farms, brought them back to his farm, you know, talked to a developer, came out with some really cool tools. Like he talks about his broad fork, the handles are just wood and that helps it make it light, but it's sturdy. It's just the exact kind of broad fork that I want. Um, They've got other really cool weeders and different things. And then he's got farmware that he designed that will keep you dry and keep you out there. I know with my, one of my big barriers was my garden shoes. So he's got boots and just great things that are stylish, comfortable, but most of all, they're going to keep you warm and dry when you're out in your garden doing all that hard work. So growers and company growers.co check it out get something for your favorite gardener definitely get a small scale farmers are changing the world t-shirt for your favorite farmer marker vendor do you belong to a csa i'll bet you want to get them a christmas present this year it doesn't have to be on time i know it might be late when you're hearing this but make sure you support growers.co um their stuff is super affordable the canadian exchange right now um, I just bought something for someone, um, a present for Kathy from the composters because I go to her laughter yoga with her. And I think it said it was like $25 and then, it, but it only took $20 out of my bank account. So I, I probably shouldn't be talking about the Canadian exchange, but I know his things are affordable. I research broad forks and what they cost. I, you know, it, it's a great deal. You will get so much use out of that tool. Um, so support Growers and Co. Join the amazing Patty Armbruster and I Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific for Grow Live on YouTube. Patty Armbruster is going to ask your questions. You can submit them ahead of time and we'll be prepared with the answers. Uh, what do you want to know? We're starting out talking about selecting seeds, but she's going to answer everything from how to process local meats to you know, what pests are good or, you know, what plants are good to bring in beneficial insects into your garden. Just, we all know Patty knows so much about everything. I'll be asking the questions. She'll be answering them. We're going to be doing this on YouTube live Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 10 Central, 11 Eastern, Saturday mornings on YouTube Grow Live with Patty and Jackie.
I'm sorry. On Tuesday mornings, I do this thing called laughter yoga, which is so fun. And I need to do so bad. Um, Like right now, I'm just like at my final breaking point almost. Uh, Anyway, it's funny because I laugh. (laughs) I'm laughing. I laugh about the craziest things in my head. And you know what? You wouldn't think laughter yoga, like, if people are like, I don't think I could laugh for a half hour, but she, like, taught us the secret at the beginning. She's like, if you just say, ha, 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 ho, 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 like, those syllables, he, 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 right. two times in a row, like, you start to laugh and just, uh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but I'm always encouraging my listeners because it's what it was one of my guests. She's actually the warm lady up in Canada. Oh, okay. And um, her name's Kathy. She her business is Kathy's Crawler Composters. Kathy's Crawly Composters, and she's on a mission to change the world through worms by teaching people <laughs> about vermiculture. And she goes into schools and she sells compost bins and. She's just the best guest. Um, she's oh, so very cool. But she's also working with this man who's trying to create world peace through laughter. And she's a laughter ambassador. And she calls it laughter yoga. But technically, she teaches you, like, we do these little exercises where you're, like, getting the toxins out of your body. And you're, like, cleaning like, I don't know if you've ever heard of tapping, but, like, there's certain points you could tap on your body, and it, like, cleans out your lymph nodes and your stomach and your kidneys, and, and just, like, oh, wow. she talks you through all these things, like, it's, it, and it's constantly moving, and there's, there's, like, 16 people that show up pretty regularly from around the world, so we're kind of getting to know each other, this little group on Tuesday mornings. This is fun. <laughs> it's the only Zoom thing I do live once a week. It just, I don't know, I keep showing up, so I'm like, well, <laughs> showing up so it's kind of weird because i'm like in the dark it's two hours early for me at 7 30 in the morning anyway kelly <laughs> but you but you 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 do appreciate the 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 need for laughter and oh anyway, yeah absolutely um yeah it's covid it's your roads are probably like mine icy and snow covered so it's hard to walk Is usually they are it's just it's hard to get out it's actually this is a strange winter it's it's just kind of cold it's like you know 30 degrees out um but there's no snow we've really had only one major snow in since even uh december and it's you know <laughs> so it's deceiving you look at it, you're like oh it's not that bad and but you know it made we all go and go out no matter what so <laughs> but unfortunately there's too not too much gardening going on this time of year oh <laughs> uh, yeah we don't have as much snow, but I'm surprised there's this one place I hike that usually I wouldn't even normally be able to drive through that I've been fortunate I can hike up there, but it is very strange because there's like barely an inch and it's a forest service road behind a gate. So nobody's driven on there since October 15th, but yet there's this sheer sheet of ice on the road covered by this like inch of snow and every once in a while i'll like slip on the ice part i carry a big walking (laughs) stick so i don't but it's like the only place i can go with my dogs that they can run free because it's behind a gate there's no cars anyway totally off topic there but (laughs) um i do always like to tell my guests that 
it's super easy to edit. I don't know if you've done a lot of podcasts, but like if you do need to let the dog out or get a drink or. Oh, that is so good to know because I have a toddler and I'm just like, I have him set up. He's watching something on TV, which he never gets to do. So he's pretty happy right now. Awesome. But... Yeah. And if you want to change an answer, think about something. So it's super easy to edit. And then okay. do you have a copy of the questions I usually ask? I did print them out a while back, so I should be ready to go. Um, you know, I kind of got familiar with them, but you know, it's, I like to keep it a little, <laughs> a little more on the, what is it called? Uh, loosey goosey, but <laughs> I love talking about gardening. So I'm quite excited. <laughs> Welcome to the Green Organic Garden. It is January 26, 2021. I have a lady online who is going to dazzle you. Her Instagram feed is so gorgeous. She's in Portland, Maine. Here to talk to us today is Kelly Orzel. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Woo! Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much. I hope I said your name correctly. You actually did, and almost no one gets it correct, which is hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am a speaker and garden author. I had a small little herb farm up here in Maine on the coast. Um, I am a midlife mama. I just, I have a 18 month old and I'm loving it. So I'm kind of taking a step back from farming and focusing more on, um, speaking and doing more garden books, um, but I just, I, I love plants and I love growing things and I can't wait to get out in the greenhouse and start again. Um, I'm pretty boring otherwise. I, I, my biggest thing is I like to read. <laughs> so, um, but the bonus is I have a lot, I have a very large garden library. So, <laughs> but um, that's kind of, you know, um, me in a nutshell. I've kind of always, you know, worked outside with plants and stuff, so. Well, Kelly, I always start my show asking about your very first gardening experience. Like, were you a kid? Were you an adult? Who were you and what did you grow? Did your parents garden? Did you grow up in Portland? Uh, no, I actually grew up in New Jersey, <laughs> which um, got out of there as fast as like we could after school. But um, my first experience was with my mom and she just had like kind of like a simple, just ornamental front garden in New Jersey. Very, very like typical plantings, um, you know, arborvitaes and, you know, uh, marigolds and some, you know, just pretty basic stuff. But I used to love helping her. And we have all these funny pictures of me, like, you know, wearing her giant, you know, grown up gardening gloves. And <laughs> so I always kind of worked with my mom and then as I uh, got older, I, you know, my mom was like, oh, you're 15. You need a job. <laughs> and, uh, so she's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, well, there's a farm up the street. I'm like, I'll work for them. And um, so I wound up working for a bunch of local farms um, through high school and college. Um, so I kind of always was, <laughs> it was always an interest for me. Well, my mom couldn't get me near the garden when I was 15, but kudos to you. And look at what you've done. I mean, it's just amazing. Listeners, when you see her Instagram feed, you are just going to fall over and be like, oh my gosh. Uh, but um, so then how did you learn how to garden organically? Was it like, like from those experiences working on those farms? Uh, ironically, no. Um, it was more so... Um, 
just like, I like doing things like the old fashioned way. And my found out as I got older that my grandparents, um, my, on my father's side, my grandparents actually were sharecroppers. Um, they lost the opportunity to buy the farm they were working on because they were Polish immigrants and they really didn't have the money when they had the opportunity. So they kind of always farmed. And then um, my, my mother's side, her father had a big raised garden in Jersey City. And he actually used uh, cement blocks to create his raised beds because they don't in Jersey City, New Jersey, there's not a lot of grass. Um, so he kind of built this tier garden on just like a um, like a cement pad. And the way they always garden is they, they just did things naturally. They didn't, you know, a lot of pesticides didn't exist then. And as I was um, thinking about my own way of doing things, I wanted to kind of get back to like that back to basics. And I was doing organic before it became like the fad thing <laughs> where everyone's like, oh, I'm doing it organically. And um, so I kind of always was like kind of drawn to that kind of stuff just because I think it's got to be healthier than putting any kind of pesticide or, or treating things with things that don't belong in the ground. <laughs> well, you are certainly growing amazing flowers organically without pesticides uh, so tell us about something that grew well this year um i had a bunch of things i mean it was a it was a, we had a droughty year so that was kind of a bummer um because uh when i pulled out my my garlic that was the only thing that i really had a problem with this year was smaller and i've grown garlic for over 10 years um but I, I was initially i was panicked but that was the only thing that didn't grow well um things that grew well i had my tulips i did tulips for production for the first time this year and had a lot of success with that um i grew um renowned unique and copper image um which are these kind of like these almost salmony uh pinkish um they're just really almost antique looking uh colored uh tulips and I, I said, oh, I'll just fill, you know, um, one of the raised beds with them. I put a couple hundred in and I staggered them because they have slightly different bloom times. So I had a pretty good extended season with them. And they grew, I was really excited. And the stem length is what I was like super, super impressed with. Like some of the stem lengths, because if you dig out the bulb, instead of just cutting it off at the, um, at the soil level, you get the long white stem. And that adds stem length, which also adds like elongated bloom time in the vase and all that. So I was just super impressed. I mean, I think they had to be um, the, the renowned unique, the, the renowned unique um, variety. They were a little shorter. They were maybe about a little, maybe about a foot and a half. But I feel like the copper images, they were like almost two feet long once I dug up the bulb and cut it off. Uh, that grew really well. Uh, I, I tried some new rutabecchia, which they were stellar going bonkers all season long. And the dahlias, they're always late to the show up here in Maine. <laughs> they, they usually come in at the end of July. But once they start going, they are just, they, they're the showstopper of the garden. You know, and I do tomatoes. The tomatoes did really well, too. Um, I tried a new suspension trellis for them, which I was really pleased. That worked out really well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, uh, good stuff happening this year. Will you tell listeners about what suspension trellis means? 
Sure. So like a suspension trellis means because we want to grow tomatoes vertically, especially the indeterminates, which have like the better flavors and the more variety of shapes and colors. They grow indeterminately to a undetermined height. So the longer you can grow them vertically, the more of a harvest you'll get off them. It also keeps them off the ground and out of disease and and just kind of keeps everything healthier. Um, good garden hygiene. So um, this year I told my husband, he always gets to be surprised by my garden ideas. And I said, I go, I want you to build me suspension trails, which essentially is he just took some uh, 10 foot long wood there. I think they were like one by one wood. Uh, um, maybe they were bigger than one by one. Maybe they were one and a half by one and a half um, wood poles. And we essentially created a, a frame around the wood garden bed. And then we kind of mimicked it around the top. So you would see um, a rectangle at the top. And then I, we put two more um, beams, wood beams across the top. And then I would drop a heavy duty string. Jute is not gonna be strong enough because tomatoes are really heavy. They'll just pull that whole thing down. So you use like a strong, um, a stronger string and you actually tie it to the base of your tomato. And the tomato will literally climb and you can help it a little bit if you feel like it's not kind of twirling around the string, but they will grow vertically up and they really are anchored extremely well on the suspension. So they're literally suspended from, not the, not the ceiling, but it's from the top of this wood frame on strings. I hope that was clear enough. <laughs> it's hard to kind of explain without pictures. But you know what? You painted this total visual picture in my mind. And I'm thinking you could use some hemp string instead of mm. jute because hemp should last pretty good. Yeah. Like a hemp twine. Uh, yeah. So what are you excited to try this year that you haven't tried before? Um, I'm actually really excited. I'm going to try, I want to grow my own loofah. So I like to give everybody, um, like friends and family, um, homemade gifts. Um, so I want to grow my own loofah and, and, and give everybody like a little spa basket. So I'm kind of, that's what I'm really excited to, to try. I love all sorts of gourds and pumpkins and squashes. So that I think will be fun. Um, I also am excited to, I, I've been growing these sunflowers called um, um, Pro Cut White Light and Pro Cut White Night. Um, and I've grown them before and I'm super, super happy with them. They're just stunning. They have like these white petals um, that they're somewhat yellow, but they're mostly white, which are unheard of. Usually, you know, you don't get white sunflowers um, and they just kind of go with absolutely everything and anything. Um, but I had a problem with, um, I changed my, my garden layout since I had the baby. Cause I kind of like scaled everything back. I'm like, Oh, let me make it pretty. And I, I, um, planted them at the end and I put them in and they grew fine. But then all of a sudden the deer were coming over to the edges and eating, um, kind of lopping off some of the heads. So I kind of had a loss of maybe about 30% of the crop from the deer. So that was kind of something I'm going to change differently. And I was shocked because I've grown these for years in the past when I was growing on a much larger scale in production. But I think because I have an herb farm, I think the smell from the herbs deter, and because there was such a, a, a large mass of them, um, it really deterred the deer. I never even had fencing. 
and this was inside the fencing. So um, I think next year I'm going to kind of move um, more masses of herbs to the exterior of the garden to deter the deer from coming in. So that's something else I'm going to do or try differently next year. Oh my gosh, you are just dropping golden seeds like crazy. And then I went back to your website and so, which is even lovelier than your Instagram feed. Um, oh, thank you. Plus you have your book, The Backyard Gardener, Simple, Easy and Beautiful Gardening with Vegetables, Herbs and Flowers. But what I wanted to ask you, like you an herb, like you sell herbs, you sell these beautiful bouquets, like do you just make your money from writing about this or do you actually like go to I, these flowers? Like, what are you doing with these gorgeous bouquets? I, I was selling at farmer's markets and I also sold direct to local um, grocery stores, um, local restaurants, um, places like that. I sold, I, I, you make more money at the, if you're in a good farmer's market, you'll make more money on that retail. Um, but you make also ma a, a larger amount because you can sell a larger quantity. Like, so like if there's a bar, like I grew four different, five different mints at a time and they use those mints in the mixed drinks. And if they put like an, a sprig of apple mint in something, they can charge more for the drink. Cause I, they'll call it like an apple martini with mint sprig. And, um, you know, obviously they just, they don't just taste good. They smell good. It kind of up upgrades the drinks. So I sold to bars, to restaurants, um, just the straight herbs. And then I also did bouquets when I would do um, farm marketing. But over the years, I found that, um, and it, I think having a baby really made me reevaluate what was the biggest cash flows. And, um, you know, I put all this time, I mean, farming is hard work, which I'm sure, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, uh, <laughs> It looks so glamorous. Did brother not spend yesterday morning telling me all about why we should be selling our produce at the farm and why aren't we selling our produce at the farm? And it's probably just because we're so lazy and it's not because of all the hard work that it actually is. Yeah. And they have no appreciation of what we are actually getting done instead of what we should be doing. Right. right. Um, Does your family no. give you that? Like, like, I'm just like, oh my gosh. You have no, no yeah. idea what it takes to go to market. <laughs> no, they don't. And, you know, uh, when I first started going to market, because it really is just me, um, they would help me and they, they're like, I'm like, you don't understand. It will take me half a day to prepare to go to market. It's, you know, it's, you know. And also it, the time, the space, the production. Like, I'm like, my husband yeah. growing enough food for us to eat carrots and potatoes. Do you have any idea what it takes to grow carrots and potatoes to go to market? Like, oh, I how know. much more yeah. land we'd need, how much help you would need. People don't go to market just like, I mean, yeah, th there are little farm stands, but those people aren't making money. They're not living. No, they're not. You really, you no, got to do like it on scale. Yeah. And, and like, I'm and like, you know, we've gone, uh, sorry, I'm just like, it's been like the month of like three weeks of people telling me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. You're, but the, that being said, I did have an herb farmer just the other day ask me, and when she lives in a town full of bars, like you are dripping gold. So I wouldn't drop <laughs> anymore. But I just want to tell you how much I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Plus, you have the best oh, no. effect. Like, <laughs> thank you.
thank you thank you oh no no i like i'm really big on sharing because i found it really because i don't come from a farming family in maine and you know my parents were farmers and it, it's kind of hard to i, I found to break Long in Island. my family is 20 minutes out of new york city to say okay we're in northwest <laughs> yeah. montana um so like you know our local farmers market if we were going to go to market it's 45 to 65 mile drive which you can understand i mean you're closer to portland but i'm sure there's rural farmers but yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of farms out here I mean, in maine and everything you know and and i did i did three markets a week which is a tremendous amount of work and that's what i think people don't realize about farming is yes. it's there's because you're doing the business and people think oh they, you see these beautiful pictures which let's be honest i am not going to post a picture of me smelling and looking disgusting and like having blood from like mosquitoes slapped against my arms did you see that <laughs> meme on facebook yesterday no <laughs> it was like farmer on pinterest real farmer <laughs> And it was yeah. this woman and she you could have described it to the t-rex i mean it's 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 hard and like when i had the baby i kind of had to do like this real like um you know assessment and while the farm was making money which was great because they usually say it takes you know several years i was i was making you know decent money i found that i spent i made more money with less work doing i do speaking engagements um so i travel to garden clubs and and just in general groups uh uh garden master uh, master gardener symposiums and i'm a speaker and i'll talk about various topics um you know, sometimes it'll be like, you know, uh, organic kitchen gardening, sometimes about forcing bulbs. And I found that between that and my book, I was making more money doing that with less work. <laughs> so I said this perfect kind of time to scale back from the farm so I can spend time with my, my little man um, and kind of have the best of both worlds. And now it's nice because I grow things that I want to grow because when you're farming, unfortunately you you're yeah you're growing on scale and you, you have all this stuff going but if it's not profitable you shouldn't be growing it you know everything if, you, if it's a business you should treat it like a business and sometimes I'm like you know like I loved you know growing um like personally sweet Annie I love sweet Annie I make beautiful wreaths in the fall with it um maybe that's not a good example because I can sell them for good money but like if I want to put sweet Annie in the field that has to take up that's taking up square footage for through the whole season. And I'm not really making money until the reset the end versus if I want to put in basil there, or if I want to grow thyme, that's going to be turning over, making money all season long. So, you know, you want to, when you, we're choosing um, crops for business, you, you don't always get to grow the things you want. So now I'm actually getting an opportunity to grow things that like, I just enjoy growing, <laughs> but aren't necessarily the most profitable for me to grow. Oh, and is that the lesson for me? Because like, I'm going to go, I just signed up for Lisa Ziegler's sunflower. She's giving sunflower webinar like in two nights. And I noticed Ooh. when you first said, you're like, I'm growing the pro cut sunflowers. And like my goal this summer is to grow as many sunflowers as I possibly can. But I'm like, I'm just going to grow the bird seed sunflowers because those are the ones I like. But Lisa's always talking about you want to grow the pollenless sunflowers if you're going to grow them right. so they don't drop the pollen all over everybody's, you know, office or desk yep. or counter. Plus, they the and especially longer. And, and wedding work too. That's know. the other key. If you're doing wedding work, yeah. you know, they definitely don't want, you know, you don't want that coming down on, on someone's bridal gown. 
Um, but yeah, so it is, you want to think about how are you going to use the crops? If it's, if you're just homesteading, you can kind of pick and choose and do smaller scale. But if you're doing it as a business, you want to grow things that are going to be saleable and that are going to be profitable. Right. Now, granted, my sunflowers, I'm growing them for two main reasons, although I was thinking maybe there'd be some bouquets in there to take to the market, but mostly I'm growing them to learn the beneficial insects that eat the aphids to keep away from our garden plants. And I also like have already spent close to $65 on birdseed and could use some <laughs> You know, if I get nothing more than birdseed, then I'll have to buy. So I guess I don't have to worry <laughs> about the pro cut flowers. Okay. Right. No, and but when I said pro cut, that was just a specific variety. It was. It didn't actually mean um, that they're uh, professional. It just meant that's actually the name of the variety, and yeah, I didn't but I think it. That's, yeah. that's the variety she recommends. If I remember. Oh, is it? Right. Oh, okay. I think well, then, so. Do you know who Lisa Ziegler is down in uh, Virginia? She owns. She wrote the book Cool Flowers. And yes, I do. I actually flowers, have her book. And now she's teaching classes and she's been, a, she's been like a huge help to me. She's like, she almost bought me row cover at one point. She's like, Jackie, you have to get the row cover. And then our last conversation, again, she's like, Jackie, you didn't put the row cover on your kale. And that's why you have your flea beetles. Like, yeah. She gets so frustrated with me because I don't, I listen to her and I read her books and then I don't take her advice to heart enough because i was like i finally broke down and bought the beneficial nematodes to keep the yeah. beetles out of my kale and she's like you don't need nematodes you need um the the row cover on top of the kale so we'll see what happens this year which is a good thing because then i forgot the bed that i forgot to put the nematodes in the bed where i'm planning on growing the kale next year <laughs> after i was like i'm like all right in the middle of july i'm like designing my garden i'm like where's the kale going next year where no my dog i pray right. the, the nematodes in the bucket of water right because they have to soak for 10 minutes and i turn i go and get it and and then to like put it and my dog hit it for me all day long and it's six o'clock that night just as it's getting dark there she is walking up the hall i mean i spent an hour and a half looking i'm like what did she do with it and i called the vet i'm like oh my god did she eat them like, <laughs> it's the most hysterical story so i don't even know if the nematodes are going to work because they didn't soak and they dried out and they sat somewhere for, for a whole day right, yeah. anyway um tell us about some did we do something that didn't work the way you thought it was gonna oh um well and it, it's not I, I don't know i mean i want to blame somebody but my garlic was just small this year but um it seems like everybody's garlic was small and like at first I, i'll be honest i blamed my baby i'm like it's my baby's fault because i wasn't out there as much and, um until i started seeing everybody else is is garlic and even the even the farms that grow garlic on production because i grow maybe about 400 heads for myself because I love garlic. I use it all year long. I dehydrate it. I use it fresh. Um, you know, I, I kind of use it for a lot of things when I cook. Um, and everybody's garlic was small this year. And I think it's just cause we, it was really droughty here in Maine. Um, and so that really didn't work this year. And usually I never irrigate. And I think that was my mistake. I really should have halfway through when I realized we were having a drought condition, I really should have dropped, um, added some extra irrigation to the garlic beds. But I kind of always have, you know, relied on mother nature to 
to do give me enough water. So I feel like that's something that <laughs> I would definitely, you know, do differently going forward. I'm going to keep an eye on on those garlic beds. So I just talked to Jesse Frost and he taught me so much about garlic that I had no idea. Like there's a, a soft neck and a long neck and he said hard neck, necks yeah. are for braiding. So which kind are you growing? The soft necks or the long the no, hard necks? Yeah the hard necks because that's really the only ones we can grow up here in Maine. The uh, garlic in Maine goes in actually in the fall and then it has to establish and grow over the winter and then it picks up in the spring and you harvest it um, in like mid-July here. So um, the soft necks don't grow real well. Now there's a new variety they said that would grow here in Maine. It's I think Ichilium red which they said would grow here and I, I did grow it last year and I was not impressed because it was braidable and I'm like oh I want to braid my garlic <laughs> of course I took pictures of the braided garlic but it just doesn't I, I don't feel like the taste is up there with a lot of the hard necks um, and to me um, I'm not willing to sacrifice flavor for prettiness <laughs> so um I can't remember what she said, but like it was interesting because so they bought a new farm and they're moving. And that was like one of their big things was trying, they had to get it in in October too. You do. They're in Kentucky, but they also were like trying to figure out how we're like, is the new farm going to let us just like lease that? Because he plants like 10,000 plants or something crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, but he said that's their biggest seller. Like I learned so much from you guys. It's just amazing. 400 garlic heads. Cloves. Yeah. Wow. I, I do like, I, I do like I, some garlic. I can't believe you do all this with a, a baby. That's, <laughs> you're amazing. Um, well, Kelly, this is where we get to the root of things. So you have a least favorite activity to do in the garden, like something you have to force yourself to go and do. Oh yeah, absolutely. Weeding. I hate hate weeding <laughs> with a passion i try to pretend that it's cathartic and that i'm like everybody else i'm like oh let me go out and weed no i hate it i just absolutely can't stand it and i will do anything i can to avoid doing it so i'm really big on mulch for that exact reason <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so uh, well how big is your place i mean you've got a lot going like is it just um, is it a, a small farm? Like, is it a quarter it's, of an acre, an acre? Or? We have we have two acres here. Um, and I, when I was in my full production mode for the farm, I mean, I, we turned a lot of it back into grass, as my husband lovingly calls normal. <laughs> and um, uh, it used to have about maybe three quarters of an acre in production. But, um, and what's great about, because I, I was an herb farmer, um, Herbs have such a, um, you know, they're cut and come again, um, mostly um, uh, crops. So like I can, once I planted a basil plant, I would actually be able to crop it or cut it for, um, for production uh, four to six times. So I would get a tremendous amount out of every single plant. And I would have at any one time during the, the season, I had about 6,000 plants um in the production field um that I, I took care of but obviously I've scaled <laughs> way way back now <laughs> so oh 
I, but that's why I said I couldn't do that with a baby. Flower Farmer <laughs> Facebook group yesterday, and I was surprised. Like people kept asking if you were, you know, if it was your first year, you were starting over. You know, what are the three to five flowers you could? And I was surprised how many of them said basil was on their list. Uh, well, because so it's so pretty. Diamonds. I mean, yeah. Sorry. No, but basil and basil is great. A lot of people would think of that in a flower bouquet. Well, I think right now with um, Florette being so big right now, she's really um, in in some ways bringing things that people aren't thinking traditionally, and she's using things that she's learned. Um, and basil is one of those things that she promotes. And basil is gorgeous. And some of the, like my favorite basil, um, not for flavor, but um, for arrangement is aromato basil. Um, it's almost got like a purple and green, I, I, not veiny, but like almost like swirled splotchiness on the leaves. So it's got kind of like that darker um, tone. And the flowers are these beautiful lavender spikes. So it, it's like a filler and a spike in, in your bouquet. And it smells incredible because people love the smell of basil. And they don't typically think of it as part of something that they would put in a bouquet, but it makes great. I, I mean, I love herbs because of their scents. And I always try, no matter what um, bouquet I do, I'm always trying to integrate herbs into them. So that, and that's just more of a personal probably preference, <laughs> but. Ah, golden seeds, golden seeds, Kelly. So on the flip side, what is your favorite activity? Oh, uh, my favorite activity is probably um, seeding or taking cuttings and then transplanting them in the garden. My, I just, I get so excited to start things up and, you know, I get to go out there and wear big, heavy sweaters and just kind of be kind of all cuddly and it's a start. Everything's fresh. And I'm like, everything looks so clean and beautiful and I feel clean. <laughs> so I, I kind of love that whole, that whole, um, I don't want to say season of, of gardening, but that, you know, all the activities that go with, go with it. Uh, you're a girl after my own heart. I thought I was the only clean gardener out there. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> I, and, like, I, I don't like playing in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I would, when I was farming, I will be honest, I got dirty, but I did not enjoy it. I, I <laughs> did not, it was not a something that I, I would still rather be clean. <laughs> Well, I'm like, I have like, you know, there's days I have like specific genes that are for like, when I'm going to, I love digging a new bed or starting a new bed or there's like certain jobs I love, but I still kind of call them clean garden jobs. But like, I like what drives me crazy is like, if I come home from work and I'm in my teaching clothes and I go down to the garden and all of a sudden, even if they're my teaching genes, they, or I get dirt, I don't like dirt in my shoes. I did find these one shoes that I don't mind getting dirt that like you can wash off like I can go hose them down they're like wet shoes and they don't need socks so that kind of yeah kind of my big barrier but anyway <laughs> tell us Kelly my listeners do not want to hear from me they want to hear from you they want to know what's the best gardening advice you've ever received oh that, that to keep in keep in mind the gardening is a practice um, that it will never be finished. Everything's not going to ever be perfect. And that your garden should always be evolving over time because like you're never the idea that you're going to do things and get everything perfect and right. And it's, you're going to be done. Like, I feel like I can always learn something from, from everything, you know? Um, and I feel like that was like the best piece of advice I ever got. So like, 
not to think like you're aspiring to this goal and then you can be like, oh, I'm done. You know, you're never done. I, even now I'm always, whenever I pick up a new book or I go to someone else's speaking engagement, I'm like, I know I can learn something that I did not know before um, that will make my sweet peas better or that will make my, um, that will make, you know, my tomatoes more productive or there's always something you can learn from everything. So I think just to keep that in mind that gardening is not a, um, it is not a destination. It is definitely one of those journey type of uh, hobbies. That is awesome advice. It's so true. Do you need to take a break? Are you good? We, I'll try. We can, we're almost done. Okay, so then I was over reading your blog. Uh, so lovely. Oh. I mean, it's just like, oh my God. Oh, thank you. You should be a supermodel besides. I mean, you're here. Is gorgeous. Oh, you are very, very kind. Pictures are like, we're at move over. Here comes Kelly. No offense to Erin. I love Erin. I mean, like, I'm no, like they... doing the namaste bow to Erin. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what it is? is I, I don't get to take pictures. Like, if I, I plan, like, oh, I harvest a bunch of stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take pictures tomorrow. So, like, you know, I'll go and I'll, like, take pictures for, like, you know, an hour. So I do it first thing that's in the morning, so I look clean I mean, and put it together. Stunning. I mean, your website is gorgeous. No, just I just kind of on my. Oh, thank you. That is new. I I just kind of we just redid a whole reboot of everything, and I have a whole bunch of new blogs posts coming out for the spring. Um, you know, because I'm just so big about sharing information because I don't feel like people always do that. Um, and that's, that is my pet peeve. Like I hate going to a, a speaker and I've heard them talk and I'm like, you know, uh, they're not really sharing the, the gems, if you will, <laughs> you know, and that's like my pet peeve. So I'm really big. on like trying to share as much as I possibly can. Well, it, it, it's, I mean, you've just dripped, like, it's like there's gold coming out of your mouth. Like I call them golden seeds when my listeners share, like other podcasters call them golden nuggets or value bombs or <laughs> It's just amazing, and and your blog is gorgeous and informative, and I love the way it, like, I just love the way it's laid out. Like, you have, like, these quotes and this really pretty, like, delicate script, and then you have other things in, like, a, a gray, soft background with, like, your tech, like, the graphic designer in me, besides all the information is just wowed. No, he did a good job. And I remember when I met with him, he's like, I don't know what you're about. And when he looked at my old website, he's like, I don't know what's, you're all over the place. I don't, you don't, you have no brand, you have no. So he kind of helped me kind of hopefully be more um, clear and concise with what I'm trying to share with people. So that's, that's the hope that that's what's coming across. It's absolutely stunning. Okay, let's get you oh, back thank to you. your little guy who deserves his mommy. He's so cute. That was the perfect laugh in the background. <laughs> um, he's so sweet. Oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> how about do you have a favorite tool that you can live without? Like, what's your favorite tool? Uh, I probably have. I'm. I'm. That's I'm funny. not gonna go with one because I. There's a couple of things I use so much. Um, I use a transplanting trowel and I use it for, it's essentially it's a shovel, it's a hand shovel, but it's a long narrow shovel. Um, and it's, you know, cause you just kind of stick it in the soil and pull it back and then drop your, your, um, your plug in or your seedling in. And it's just, cause it goes deep. So it makes 
the work so easy. Um, so I use that for pretty much almost all kind of, you know, hand, uh, what is it called? Um, hand planting. And then I have a hori hori knife. Have you heard of this? Um, it's a Japanese knife and it's, it's very sharp. I remember when I asked it for Christmas one year, my husband ordered me one from Amazon and I opened it up and he was like, holy crap, Kelly. He's like, you need adult (laughs) supervision to handle that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a serious tool, but you know, if, you know, when you're, when you're for dividing, for weeding, it it will do any job. Um, and, and a knee pad, because I feel like I'm getting old and (laughs) I've broken my knees from, from all the the work on them. So I feel like a knee pad, it goes with me everywhere. Well, I'm going to give a plug to JM Fortier there for that, because he just started this new Growers & Co. farmware, and one of the things he talked about yes! was like, oh, I love him. spaces in your pants to put your knee pads. Like that is a very practical thing about his farmware um, because knee pads yes. are so important. And that might be, you know, that could be one of my garden barriers and one of my, because when I go down to help my husband in his mini farm, I'm always like, where do I stand? How do I harvest this? Like, how do you stand being on your knees? This <laughs> like, my poor, like when I think about all the work he did last year, all the carrots he harvested, all the potatoes, all the green beans, like I am not going to have to <laughs> buy a potato in 20, June of 2020 till June of 2020. <laughs> like, I don't think we will have to buy. He grew so many potatoes. We still are care like it's amazing. No, and, and potatoes Yeah, potatoes are one of those things. I remember the first year I decided to grow potatoes. I, I do I tend to have very grandiose ideas and I planted about forty feet of potatoes. And my husband was like, after three days, he's like, what are you doing today, Kelly? I'm like, I'm harvesting potatoes. He's like, what do you mean? You've been har-? I go, I know I'm harvesting potatoes. Like they was like the year of never ending potatoes. And, um, I don't know about you, but like we keep them in, like, I keep them in like a root cellar kind of thing, but then I also, uh, parboil them and then, um, I froze them so I can make potato soup and, you know, any kind of like, you know, potato pancakes they are really great for that. But I had to find creative ways because I didn't want to waste you any know, of them. They've been in like five. We just got but. the last five gallon bucket off our kitchen floor. But we have two garbage cans full in our <laughs> pump house. And there's still a few five gallon buckets on our porch and a cooler that we're hoping are okay that are covered in blankets. And he's been like, well, like we've been looking for a root cellar or like he just showed me the um, perfect trailer you know that we could bury to make a root cellar that would be like (laughs) um what was it was it was like a pepsi refrigerator thing so it's got the vents it's got the insulation it's got it's rat proof you know but he's like how are we gonna it would be like five hundred dollars to move because it's a hundred miles away but he's like oh i wish we could get that like he loved like yeah the storage pieces like where do you store them all you know how do you keep them you know it's all a big huge I know. And I right. brought the potatoes too. I came home like, here's 80 plants. And he's like, don't worry, we'll just put them in. And he, I actually used part of my stimulus check to pay a helper, my son-in-law's, um, so my, they're divorced. So it's his new ex, his new girlfriend, fiance, whatever. She, I paid her to come. She was interested <laughs> and gave her part of my stimulus check 
to help my husband kind of get those potatoes in the ground. And she wanted to learn. It just, it, it was just the tiniest little bit of help. He had so much going last spring because he grew like 10 times as much produce as he did the year before. And that's where I'm so frustrated with my brother and my mother saying, right. well, growing food just for you two isn't enough. You guys should be going to market. I'm like, do you have any idea what it takes to go to market? And then and and there's there's hidden costs because you have to have insurance if you're at market. Every farmer's market you have to have you have to carry insurance um, because you know let's say your your tent you know um, is gets unanchored and someone gets hit by it so you have to have insurance to cover that. Um, so there's all the you know and you, a lot of times you have to pay to apply, pay for a membership fee. So I mean there's all the you know it's not just like oh we just show up at market and like you know <laughs> just whatever's left over at the um, yeah you know, I mean if you're from dinner be a you bring over business that's gonna make so. them. like they just they think that these farmers just show up and like they I I, I don't know you know I just am like I, I just got the fearful yeah the the prep work for processing <laughs> like, how can you not, yeah. meanwhile, anyway. <laughs> okay uh we could that could be like a whole podcast episode <laughs> on its own tell what is your favorite recipe you like to eat or cook from the garden ah uh, i do i mean i grow myself quite a few t tomatoes and i freeze a bunch so i make sauce all season long but i, I have to say my favorite the, and the thing that everybody looks forward to when i make um is a tarragon potato salad so I use red potatoes from the garden and I use fresh tarragon and um, it is just insane. And sometimes I use fresh tarragon. I take the tarragon, sometimes I infuse it with white vinegar um, and let it sit for like two weeks. And it just, it, the flavor is just so good. And um, the last couple of years I've been toying with, cause you know, fresh tarragon versus dry tarragon, they're just really, it doesn't really hold its potency in, in flavor as well. Um, so I've been toying with it and practicing how to different ways of freezing the tarragon and I froze some this year and then I made for um, Christmas Eve we always do like a cold repast um, of food and I made um, fresh potato salad with the frozen tarragon and it it warmed up and it tasted so fresh and everyone was like, Oh my God, it's like, feel like you're coming right out of the garden. It was so excited. So I think like my tarragon potato salad is like one of my favorite things, but I do sauce and I do caprices and, you know, lots of, you know, pickles and, <laughs> but I think that the potato salad is okay, well, the winner. <laughs> like, cause I have a giant tarragon plant. I really like two quick questions. So when you say you froze the tarragon, you just, cut the stems and froze them without prepping them at all like just froze i i cut the stems and then i washed them um in cold water and then i patted them dry and then i let them dry and then what i did is i put them in a um ziploc bag and squeeze the air out and then stuck the ziploc bag with the dried the clean and dry tarragon into the freezer and I, you take it out and then you just take it out and use it. Um, it was in, I, I was so impressed with the difference in flavor and taste versus, cause I've dry, I dried my tarragon before, but it just doesn't have the same freshness to it. Um, so it was, I thought it was really easy. I've also done it where you chop up the, the tarragon leaves and preserve them in oil, in ice cube trays. And that works nice too. But I, I think this was the easiest way. And by far, I think the most flavorful way 
to do oh, the tarragon. I'm really going to do that next year. That's great. Yeah, my tarragon plant is huge. And I hardly, so, but what else goes in the potato salad? Like vinegar? Do you put mayonnaise in there? Or it's like an oil? You do. There's mayonnaise, there's, there's mayonnaise, there's the tarragon, there's salt, pepper, obviously potatoes, and eggs. And eggs. I, do, I put about like six to eight eggs, depending on the size of the mm. potato salad I'm making. I, 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 I love me some dairy, so dairy oh, goes into everything. Um, I was laughing because my I made a, a vegetarian lasagna for my granddaughters, and I just texted my stepdaughter last night and was like, well, did they eat that? Because sometimes they say they're vegans. <laughs> She's like, yeah, they ate it. They loved it. <laughs> <laughs> So that was her Christmas present this year was <laughs> I made her a lasagna because I was like, I don't, I don't know what you can't go out to dinner. So here's a dinner <laughs> and, and we didn't have a lot of money. For presents, <laughs> so like you, I, I like to give something homemade from the garden. So it had like my, well, actually I forgot yeah. the carrots, the one thing, but I almost think that like might've helped, but I had like what, the Swiss chard that I froze from the garden it had um what was the other thing broccoli that i froze from the garden um it seems like there was something else anyway uh where's your favorite to surf on the web do you have like an internet resource you can recommend is it florette's blog i mean everything i i do i i have been to florette's blog and i do love me some florette <laughs> um but my favorite and it is and you're gonna laugh because I, I tend to like British um, gardeners and British resources because I just feel like they offer things in maybe a different way. But my favorite guy and I have a bunch of books by him, but he I follow him on Instagram and I was so excited he actually responded to me one day when I, I commented on one of his posts and he, I'm like oh my god Charles Dowdy oh my gosh D O W D I N G I feel like everybody's and, talking about him and like I watched his YouTube video from January first the other yeah. day. And I am hooked. I am like, this is the man. This is like, oh, oh yeah, he's amazing. He's and and my favorite thing about him is his no dig um, philosophy. And I've really I, I've used it on my farm for for years. I use it in my garden. Um, I just really I like the idea of building up your soil. Spend that's where you meet people always think that they need to spend their money in plants. And I always say no, buy buy compost, buy good soil, don't disturb, throw out your rototiller. Um, and I just he has if you go to his um, website, he has so much great stuff. But also his books are really great, and I like that a lot of them. It can be a little monotonous in some of his books because he gives you actual like empirical data of like how many plants he got at, how many times he cropped a certain bed of his no dig bed versus a side by side bed that has been turned over. Um, I, I just find him absolutely incredible. Um, if I ha if I always have like one place to send people, it's there. Um, another internet resource that I, especially for newer gardeners, um, is Johnny Selected Seeds. And I know it's a main company, but um, they have great, great online resources, um, particularly like Excel spreadsheets. So you put in when you want, what, what our date is for, you know, frost date. And they'll tell you they have like things, when to sow, when to succession seed. So for people who don't have the experience Experience. Um, there's some really great resources for them to feel like, oh, okay, I'm not overwhelmed by all the, the planning. Uh, 
They do, yeah. How about a favorite reading material, like a book or a magazine or something? Oh, well, Charles Dowding is always on my, my list of what I tell people to read. I got... Um, this past year he came out with, it's called his, he has an online node day course, but he actually came out with a paper version of it and it's in a book form. And that's what I got for Christmas for my husband. So I'm really excited um, to dig into that. I love anything by Jekka McVicker because I am an herb girl. And obviously um, <laughs> I will, she's like no, my herb her. guru even, goddess. Um, oh yeah. It's J E. KKA, that's her first name, Jekka. And her last name is McVicker. M little C, capital V, I C A R. And she is just, I mean, so we don't have anyone like her here in America. And I just love her. Um, so full of chock full of information. Follow her on Instagram too, because she's responded to me too, which I was again, I told my husband, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm talking to her. We're best friends now. And he was like, You're not really best friends, Kelly. <laughs> and um and uh, then, and the other book that I've really, really loved, and I didn't expect it to, oh, I, I like, it looked good, but it was recommended to me, because um, I'm not a, like, I love flowers, but I'm not a flower farmer, but it's called In Bloom by Claire, um, what's her last name, Nolan, and if, I, I think for flower farming or even just growing flowers for your own garden. I like the way the book is laid out. Everything is done with more short blurbs and almost like bulleted points. So it's, if you're trying to digest the information in a more efficient way and the pictures are just d divine. I feel like that's a book that I I've been going back to recently that I've really oh enjoyed. Goodness. Golden seeds, golden seeds, Kelly. These are awesome resources. You know, what <laughs> finally got me to go to Charles Dowding's, internet youtube the other day was that somebody said it's it's just the way he talks he gets right to the point and he's very you know here's the information boom boom yeah. and just uh and and i went there because i you know i feel like you go to youtube and you just get sucked down that rabbit hole and you do and you I found him actually because I, my, for garden magazines, I actually am not a fan of the U.S. garden magazines. I find them more full of advertisements. So I've been, I get like, um, there's a British magazine, you can get it here, it's called Gardens Illustrated. Um, and Gardener's World is another great one. And if you want a magazine that is chock full of just, you know, um, just, golden tips about growing and, and stories about people and how they do it. They are great. And that's why I found Charles Dowding. Um, he was, I guess, one of the featured, um, I can't remember if he was one of the experts that they were talking about, or he was interviewing somebody. And I, I was like, oh, I love this no dig philosophy. And that's when I went on and, and found that he did all these other books and he has a website. Um, but I find that the British um, magazines, uh, particularly for garden, just, are just so much more chock well, full of information. In love with you too. You know, <laughs> she loves the Brits. <laughs> I know, and I, I, uh, I, I just feel like they just do things better, and, and I think they do things more of an old way. That, and again, that's kind of like what I was saying in the beginning. I, I kind of like to do things the old timey way. So, um, I, I appreciate the, um, the respect to and tradition that they have. Has their elegance that elegance that you would you are there oh my god you and made my day thank you so much <laughs> oh Kelly, thank you. Me get you back to that baby 
my final question. It is a doozy. Kelly, if there's one change you'd like to see to create a greener world, what would it be? For example, is there a charity or organization you're passionate about? A project you'd like to see put into action? Like, what do you feel is the most crucial issue facing our planet in regards to the environment, either locally, nationally, or on a global scale? Wow. I mean, I hate to give a simple answer, but... Um... First of all, I'm, I'm a master gardener, so I always like to plug the master gardeners. I think they're great. Um, I volunteer locally, and I think everyone should volunteer locally. But I think the bigger thing that I mean, if I had one thing I would like to see is I like to see people share, share their knowledge, share their ideas, share how they're doing things in their gardens, um, because I think it just makes us all better. And I think, um, you know, I just don't think I... I I hate when I, there's people, there's a lot of people who don't share. So I feel like, you know, people who hold back a, you know, a tidbit that's going to make everybody's like, you know, your sweet peas go nuts. And I just feel like if everybody shared, it would be better for the whole, the whole group for, for everyone growing, for people growing food for their homes, flowers for their homes, um, money to farms to support their families, whatever it is. I think sharing your knowledge is so important. And I just wish that I would see more of that. Well, Kelly, I am hooked on the Drew Barrymore show. And one of the very first episodes she had Reese Witherspoon on, Reese said, Drew, you taught me that if we all work together, we can all rise together as women. And Kelly, you are doing that in the gardening world. And I hope you and I and others can rise together because the more we do that, the more it's a world of abundance there's plenty of us there's, yeah. there's pie for everybody let's give everybody flower pie i love that i, don't I just made that up <laughs> i mean i mean the drew part's true she's like i i feel like her show is if you haven't checked out the drew barrymore show it, it's, it's like it and i don't think i've there. seen it but i do love her <laughs> um it just came out in september she started it she's just so humble so authentic She's sharing diverse voices like you wouldn't believe. But when I heard Reese say that about how Drew told her way back in the beginning, I wish I knew the exact quote because I have posted it on my Instagram feed because I was just like, that's that's it. We can all we don't have to be in competition. If we cooperate and right. work together, we all will achieve more. Maybe that's it. We will all achieve more if we cooperate and do it together. And you are just the magnificence of that and just thank you so much for sharing oh, with us you're today. so sweet and just oh thank I, you i wish you the best and your baby the best and like <laughs> i will let you go thank you kelly i will let you know when this is done thanks have a great day okay sounds good thank Bye. you so yeah. much but i just i just wanted to remind everybody to go to kelly's blog at kelly orzel k-e-l-l-y-o-r-z-e-l dot com get her book the backyard gardener simple easy and beautiful gardening with vegetables herbs and flowers available at amazon barnes and noble indiebound lions press all sorts of places you can get a signed copy from her website directly check her instagram out um i just know you know, I just felt like she was so inspiring and I'm going to try to get, um, Jekka to see if I wrote her and said, will you come 
be a guest because that website is beautiful. But didn't you just like, oh my goodness, the pictures of basil on Kelly's website is just gorgeous. Like, don't you want to grow basil now? <laughs> just so you have basil on your own table all summer long and just aren't you inspired to grow so many herbs just for yourself but her backyard gardeners all vegetables flowers herbs the book so check that book out oh yeah and leave it a review on amazon because you know that always helps um and don't forget to join patty and i for grow live uh more people are jumping on we're trying to get it so it automatically goes to facebook you can find a link there's like a facebook event and um there's a page where you ask the questions there's like a zoom link and then you just like i've got it down now i think where you just get the one email we've got the right zoom link and then i'm not going to be bugging people with the emails like come every week so um and if you're a new listener welcome because holy smokes i went and looked at google analytics this morning and are the download numbers up so welcome if you don't know um i see people have been googling the home page google analytics says um the about page the podcast page downloading the most productive plants to grow in the northwest page um so i actually put a youtube page up on so even though we're the green organic garden the website is still organicgardenerpodcast.com because i would have had to change every like can you imagine where all these links are so it's still organic gardener podcast even though now we're the green organic garden podcast um but welcome i i'm just my heart is just warm that you are all here um i've been trying to figure out what happened on november 29th (laughs) something somewhere um so uh but since then and and again january is just like insane how many new listeners there are and how many people are going to the website so welcome if there's anything we can do for you um patty and i have been posting the recordings of the grow live and then if you want to support us on patreon i mean people have been doing that so how exciting that is um and then you get to come to the bonus question and answer after patty does like she usually does like a five to ten minute little presentation and then people have either pre-submitted questions or usually by the time she's done talking we're all like i have a question i have a question but she just says because she's like wow i didn't know that and then um the patrons get to stay on after the call because we only do like a 20 minute call and the and then the patrons get to stay on and ask specific questions more Anyway, um, so I hope you're enjoying that, and just welcome to the show. If you don't know, I mean, Mike and I created Free Garden Course last year. Just go to freegardencourse.com, enter your email, and there's... I've made it so much easier. So it used to be this big, long, giant course. Now it's just... Um, like a 20 minute video or 30 minute video. And then there's like our essential tools checklist and organic oasis checklist and, 
Um, what are some of the other checklists? There's just some checklists over there to help you on your garden journey. And you get it immediately. Like you enter your email and the thank you page is right there. The video is right there. Um, the checklists are all downloadable right there. And uh, so hopefully that will help you on your garden journey. If you have any questions, we are delighted to answer them you can email me at orgpodcast at gmail.com org for organic org podcast at gmail.com um mike also i monitor his mike's green garden at gmail.com people write to him um you know you can reach out on i'm gonna say instagram facebook um, you know, we have the Facebook group, but I don't know. It just seems like everybody's on Instagram. So, um, I don't know what else to say. I wanted you to go to Kelly Orzel and then, uh, oh, she talks about Charles Doubting and Charles Doubting sent me his book and his calendar. And it's just, he is amazing. I mean, you, I'm like addicted to his YouTube. His book is like a college class. It's, it's fantastic. His no dig book, but he is really, you can learn a lot. He's in England. So it's a little bit more, it's a lot warmer than here in Montana. We just got done being, I think 20 below for the last week or so. Patty, even colder, like 35 to 50 below the wind chill besides, because she's on the Upper East Side. Mike and I are much more protected here. So, and we're amazed. Like, we got a lot of snow, but it's it's melting quick. So, last year, we got snow the beginning of April. And Mike was not really able to plant anything until mid-May. But he still got a ton of food. It did, it did melt. Like, the one thing about getting that late snow was, like, then we had long days and warm days. And it, it did warm up and melt fast. But we had snow most of February, very heavy snow, and it, it seems to be melting fairly quickly. He's probably going to take some more trees out to let more sun in, so it'll warm up sooner. Um, Patty just did a great thing on pruning fruit trees, so if you want to listen to that. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to remind everybody, check out Kelly's book again. The Backyard Gardener, Simple, Easy, and Beautiful Gardening with Vegetables, Herbs, and Flowers. Check out her website, Kelly Orzel, K-E-L-L-Y-O-R-Z-E-L.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and remember to grow local. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to remind you that Growers & Co., JM Fortier's new venture, has Amazing farmware. It's super comfortable. I got Mike and I each matching small scale growers are changing the world t-shirts because they really are. We've got to nail down our food systems. Jam Fortier is like the world renowned market farmer who has taught so many people how to do, how to replicate the systems he has. He's got the Growers & Co. farmware where he wants to highlight Um, all the people who are doing the amazing work, the magazine that highlights the farmers who have gone through his program, who have put his practices into place, you know, Mandy Gertha, I'm sure we're going to read about in there someday because she's one of them. 
Um, it's a great magazine. It's produced like the kind of thing you want to put on your tabletop. Um, his farm wear is super comfortable. I love our t-shirts, but most of all, Mike and I are already arguing about where is the broad fork going. It is heavy duty. It is just exactly, I'm telling you, I have a research broad fork. I've been wanting to get a second one. It's totally affordable. Um, don't be scared of the Canadian exchange rate. They have great customer service. They answer you right back. Um, if you email them, if you have any questions, so growers and co. Hey, do you have a question for Patty Armbruster? Is there something you'd like to know? Uh, YouTube live, ask Patty how to grow a healthy garden, how to grow healthy food, how to do stuff on your farm. We're going to talk about everything from processing local chickens to, what seeds to plant, how to grow cover crops, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, 11 a.m. Eastern. Join us Saturday mornings, 11 Eastern, 9 Montana Standard Time, 8 a.m. Pacific. Submit your questions at organicgardenerpodcast.com forward slash patty, P-A-T-T-I, organicgardenerpodcast.com forward slash patty. Hope to see you there. Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.